You know what? Oh, Harrisburg is weird. I, I would say this. Harrisburg has a lot of really nice things to do. I actually really like Harrisburg. But you could not pay me to just, like, like, let's say you go to New York City and you just want to go to a random place and explore. No one should just go to Harrisburg and explore. Because if you go down the wrong street, it's just, like, a bunch of burnt out, abandoned buildings and a bunch of very aggressive people. <laughs> Sounds like Wilkesbury. Yeah, no, it is like kind of like Wilkesbury. <laughs> Me and Aaron, I don't know if I mentioned it. I think I did that. We took our, we didn't. Again, I go to Harrisburg like to see shows and stuff, but I've never like hung out in Harrisburg without a plan. We went to go take our engagement photos in Harrisburg by the courthouse, and then the lady taking our pictures was like. Let's just wander around, and we'll find other places to take pictures. And then, and then she took a picture of you both dead on the ground. A lot of uh, a lot of people, unique people, yelled things at us and said racist things at us, and a lot of weird things. Let's move on. How are you, Marissa? I'm okay. Listen to this creepy story, guys. I was talking to my friends the other day and I was talking about how I went to an open house. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I already bitched about the open house, not having good snacks, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I forget who I told. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I went to a house that was $1.3 million and all they had were store-bought cookies and I expect wine and cheese. But so that's, that's a short of it. If I, if I said that already, but that's not, that, that was one of the open houses. What kind of Another- store-bought cookies? Like from the bakery at the store? Or like Chips Ahoy? No, the bakery. Okay, well, I mean... That's... No, no! It's a million-dollar house! <laughs> anyway, uh, that, that was one uh, open house. But I went to another open house a while ago, and I also think I mentioned this, that we went all around. <laughs> we were with the realtor. We walked up and down in every room. And as I was going into the car after the tour... I realized I had stepped on shit at some point yeah. and I definitely tracked it all over the house. So I'm not just repeating that story. The thing is I was telling my friends that story and like five minutes after I told that story, I realized I had stepped in dog shit again. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know whether Were you in I their house. <laughs> And so I told her story in a car, and then we went into a toy store, and then in the toy store, I was, like, kneeling down, and then I was like, do I smell horrible? <laughs> and then there was dog shit on my shoe, and I was like, shit, was I telling the story while there was shit on my shoe already, or did I, like, conjure the shit, and I stepped <laughs> on it, like, moments after I told the story? It was chilling. And depending on the shoes that you're wearing, it could probably get really embedded in there. Oh god, it was so deep in the tread. We we couldn't even like I went outside to try and like scrape it off and I couldn't. We had to like we had to find a bathroom and God bless anyone who used the bathroom after cuz that bathroom then smelled like the chunky dog shit that was in my shoe. So anyway, that's that's my story. I conjured shit. Everybody, please remember that because I'm going to refer back to it to me conjuring tra- shit when we transition to the topic for today. <laughs> Okay, am I doing an icebreaker or do we have calls? You're doing an icebreaker. We do have calls from Alex, but we have several calls from Alex. So since we did the intro, I figured we'll save them over the next 
couple episodes. Okay, sounds good. Um, anytime you make me do an icebreaker during November, it will be food related. Um, the okay. older I get, the more I don't want to talk about anything that isn't food. Yeah, <laughs> and Marissa's I, got a great gossip grill this week. You should really check out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete. I don't know what your thoughts on it were, but I liked it. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, subscribe to our Patreon if you want to know what that mystery is. Um, but yeah, also in November, I super only want to talk about food. So, Pete. Mm-hmm. This is a new Thanksgiving. Turkey is not the centerpiece. I want you to tell me if, if you know, diets don't matter, dietary restrictions don't matter, and, like, you don't even need to imagine yourself having to cook it. Just, I want you to tell me a new Thanksgiving that you that you would like to have. You need to tell me what the centerpiece food would be and two side dishes. The, the Thanksgiving of your dreams. I don't really like food as much as you. <laughs> God! I was listening to something today and they were talking about like, or maybe it was yesterday, but anyway, they were like, uh, yeah, I, I resent having to eat food. <laughs> I was and I was like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I was Aaron, making Aaron talk about snacks to me the other day. God bless my husband. He, I was just like, what kind of snacks did you used to like as a kid? And he told me one. I was like, tell me more. He was like, <laughs> I don't want to. I was like, no, I want to know more. Tell me all the facts. And he was like, do you think girls like to talk about food more than guys? Because I don't like tell you about food. And I feel like most guys don't. And I was like, I don't know. So I'm going to explore that. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, <laughs> I want my sides to be chicken nuggets and french fries <laughs> okay and what's your centerpiece i don't quite i mean you could just have a nugget pile no. as a centerpiece if you want okay no they're definitely a side the day i okay. learned that nuggets can be a side is a day that will Go stay down with me forever <laughs> <laughs> like my first instinct was pizza yeah Maybe I should go with that, but and everything else I'm thinking is like a stromboli would be nice, but but what? There's no limitation. It doesn't feel like it goes with the the other two. But it doesn't matter. It's whatever you want in your heart. All right, Mercy, you're gonna have to go while I think about it some more. Okay, I want my center. What the hell please. was that? What? Are you Sorry. okay? No, things okay. are happening in my home. I want the centerpiece of my Thanksgiving to be a gigantic pepperoni pizza. I don't just mean a large-sized pepperoni pizza. I want it to be one of those pieces of pizza that I mostly have seen in New York where the slice is so big that you need an entire pizza box just for one slice. Oh. So I want that. So I want, like, every slice someone has, like, it takes up the whole plate. And I want it to be pepperoni. I want one of the side dishes to be Chex Mix. Uh, the bold, zesty one that has, like, extra seasoning on it. And the other one, I just want it to be stuffing. So, basically, I want a carb fiesta. <laughs> a non-gluten-free carb fiesta. So, I think what I'm going to do is follow your decision 
or your suggestion and move the chicken nuggets to the main course mm-hmm. and then make one of the sides ice cream. I like it. Any, any specific kind? You know what? Dealer's choice. Because I, I really like chocolate lately. I've been really craving chocolate ice cream, actually. That's interesting. But, uh... Yeah, I, I said that's interesting. <laughs> I also like the power of vanilla, because you can go nuts with it. I get annoyed at anyone who eats vanilla ice cream, but I'll try not to judge you. <laughs> but the point being that you can... Yeah, I know. You know, it's a great base So if you say dealer's choice... There will be a toppings bar. I'll accept that answer. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like dealer's choice, we have a carton of vanilla or a carton of chocolate. I'm okay. Like, you. We're going to have a carton of cookies and cream. Okay. A carton of chocolate peanut butter. Okay. Um, and a carton of Neapolitan for the lamest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Neapolitan is beautiful. Okay. <laughs> So you're gonna have a mound of chicken nuggets, and the sides are dealer's choice ice cream and French fries. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I would be open to attending that. <laughs> Thank you. You are you're invited. <laughs> Not that you invited me, but. <laughs> okay, now I'm supposed to remind you that I conjured duty or something. So earlier, Marissa was telling us a story, uh, a quite vulgar story. No, it wasn't. <laughs> about how she tracked shit through a home. And then yeah. later stepped in more shit after she told the story about stepping in shit. Yep. And can you <laughs> can you say again about the bathroom that you visited? I went to a public bathroom mm-hmm. where I scraped off the duty. <clears throat> and you and said... I said, I feel sorry for whoever went in after because the whole bathroom is going to smell like duty. Yeah. Chunky duty? Yep, chunky duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were chunks in it, 100%. I almost threw up. Um, today, I want to, you know, I considered Talk, making oh, this. Oh, I hope it's about chunky duty. I uh, hope it's a whole episode. Y'all heard about chunky duty? I considered making this an episode of Pete Ruins a Movie, but I didn't have an idea for this week's show, and I still have questions about this. Okay. And I didn't what? want to let 2023 get away from us without talking about the 10-year anniversary of Movie 43. Oh! Oh, man. Have Thank you seen you. Movie 43, Marissa? Oh, you don't... Was I... What? There's no fucking way I saw it. Who the fuck did I see it with if not with you? That was a... That was a, a chilling cinematic <laughs> experience that made me very upset. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go with you? No. I I um I believe that I have seen it before like on a channel. Oh yeah, I saw it in the fucking movies. I must have went with Donald then. That's the only other person who I yeah. could imagine would have asked me to go see that. I um, oh god, even if we did go, I wouldn't have asked you to see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I saw the movies 43 in the movie theater and I was really upset. <laughs> so you may have seen a version that I did not see. Because it is currently on Tubi, um, and I saw a version that opens on two teenagers who, after having been tricked by their one of their brothers, their little brothers, um, they plot to get him back by having him search for a movie called Movie 43. 
And the brother goes online and he searches the quote-unquote dark corners of the web to find it. He goes to a website with banned movies and they watch the 43rd one on the list because that must be movie 43. Yeah, okay, I don't even remember. And this is when the first vignette begins. Now, Marissa, in theaters, you probably saw the one where uh, Greg Kinnear is a producer and... Yeah, that vaguely sounds familiar. And Dennis Quaid is a struggling Hollywood writer. And he keeps pitching each one of these vignettes as a movie that should be made. Is it not what's in Tubi? No, no. I have these kids looking on the internet to try to find them. Oh! Why? What's the reason for changing that? It kills me that they came up with two different ways to try to connect these things. And why, why? neither one any, worked. Is there any explanation for why they changed it? I, I, There are so many offensive things about the movie. I don't think Greg Kinnear and What's-His-Face was the offensive part of that movie. Evidently, when they released it on DVD, they swapped out those two guys with these kids. And they thought that, I don't know, it would be better for the audience. Like, for the audience that they were seeking. Who I would be, say. like, pervy kids... And uh, stoners. So he said curvy kids with a C who are B Y. I will say, like, this movie, if you like it, you don't give a shit what ties them together. But mm-hmm. more likely than not, you won't like it. Yeah, and for those and of you... nothing will save it. For those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, it's a movie that came out in 2013. It's basically made up of... I'm going to say skits, because I think sketches is too much Yeah. <laughs> credit. Um, the first one stars Kate Winslet as a single socialite and Hugh Jackman as a well-loved man about town who has balls hanging from his neck. And oh. Kate Winslet can't get over it. Oh. Shh, like, who would, honestly, be able to get over it? Like, literal, like, 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 men, male testicles. Yeah. In case that wasn't clear. And... In this particular case, the sketch ends. The story isn't resolved in any way whatsoever, but the sketch just ends. <laughs> yeah. The next one, I apologize I for putting you through all of this. <laughs> the next one, or rather I should say, we go have to go back to the boys who are in this bedroom looking for movie 43 fisher stevens shows up this is it's totally fucked up (laughs) okay um so we go back to their search and they find a new video and it's starring liev schreiber and naomi watts as parents who are trying to give their homeschooled son the bear an authentic uh, high school experience by berating him and embarrassing him so by the bear he means what's his name jeremy allen white Yes, whoever the star of the bear is with three names. Also, I know this one is inappropriate, but I kind of recall it being kind of funny. <laughs> or or I'm remembering incorrectly. Or I might have just appreciated who was willing to do something so <laughs> ridiculous. It might have been more that I just liked that Naomi Watts was somehow willing to do it such a fucked up skit yeah that might be why again if there is something really fucked up that i'm forgetting existed i apologize for saying <laughs> i was entertained by this one in one instance um liev schreiber uses a uh, flip cam which i think is kind of cool because nobody really remembers that they existed <laughs> i don't but, know what that is 
Um, it was a little handheld camera where you could shoot video on it, but now everybody's like, I have a phone, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the coup de grace from the whole thing is when Naomi Watts tries to give her son his first kiss. Oh, no. Yeah, I remember that now. She looks fantastic through the whole thing, but her son looks very traumatized. Yeah. Uh, this one at least has an ending, though. Um, and even though it's a comedy sketch movie, not an anthology movie, uh, it is refreshing when some of these have endings. Now we cut back to the boys, and they just say, let's watch another one, and then we're into the other one. <laughs> okay. So the connective tissue is getting very thin. <laughs> yeah. And this is when we go to defunct Hollywood couple number two, because you may recall, at the time, Naomi Watts and Liev Schreiber were together. Mm-hmm. They're not anymore. Next up was Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Anna Ferris's comedy has always been a little too goofy for me. But Chris Pratt is going to propose to her at a picnic. So this should be good. Everything looks nice and fine. How could it go wrong? Well, before he can propose, Anna Ferris asks him to poop on her. Oh, God. I don't remember this. As J.V. Smoove puts it in the next scene, quote, Shitting is something you do on a whore. Pooping is a oh. gift you give to your soulmate. Oh, God. I hate this movie. End quote. <laughs> and then there's a lot of poop talk at a barbecue, uh, and then the big night, in which ends in Chris Pratt getting hit by a Fiat and exploding shit all over it and the street. Oh, God. Yeah. At this point... <laughs> Who made this movie again? Um... I'll get to the names, but the, okay. the the most there is a producer who is very connected, but the most connected to other stuff name is the Farrelly brothers. Okay. Um. So now we're back with the boys. Uh, the older brother took his brother's laptop and he wants to infect it with a virus. And the only place he can think of to get a virus is to go to porn sites. Um. And despite the things that they have watched already the other kids in the different room continue searching and in this one we open up on a sad supermarket with Emma Stone and Kieran Culkin okay they're having a sexually charged argument over the PA system of the grocery store and this one's not really funny it's just kind of silly and sweet at the end because all of the shoppers want the checkout guy to be in love with Emma Stone who just walked out the door. So, like, they're going to cover his shift for him so that he can go after her, which is okay. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But they do say filthy things over a PA system. Okay. Okay, so now we go back to the boys. But then, before we can watch another thing, we have to watch a commercial, an ad about a nude woman who is an MP3 player which is an interesting social commentary, but we won't talk about that just yet because we have to get to one of the worst. <laughs> is this the one if... All, all I'm going to say, I don't remember all of them, but I cannot imagine one is worse than the animated cat one. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, which I mostly fast-forwarded through because I was I, so in pain by the end. I think I wanted to cry. <laughs> This is actually a speed dating one in which Justin Long, playing the boy wonder Robin, is trying to get a date. And he's sitting across from Katrina Bowden, who you might remember as like the secretary slash intern from the early seasons of 30 Rock. 
Okay. Jason so. Sudeikis comes along as Batman, and he starts embarrassing Robin. And then Uma Thurman shows up as Lois Lane. She alludes to Superman using semen to style his hair. Like what? in There's Something About Mary, except since this, this is from the same people who made There's Something About Mary, it seems really worse that they bothered to reference their own shit. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't even, I didn't know, okay. I, I knew the name the Farrelly Brothers, but I, I didn't remember what they did. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, then Bobby Cannavale shows up, and then Kristen Bell shows up. She plays Supergirl, he plays Superman. Um, it's all very, very bad, and Jason Sudeikis is the only one who seems like he's having fun, but I think it's because he's probably really good at being a bully. <laughs> yeah, okay. John Hodgman gets to play the Penguin, which is kind of out of place, and Leslie Bibb shows up as Wonder Woman. Uh, the more people show up, the worse this whole thing gets. <laughs> One Are you going to eventually get to how in the hell some of these people ended up in the Absolutely. Movie? Okay, thank you. <laughs> One sketch that I thought was kind of funny involves kids living inside of machines like ATMs, copy machines, and vending machines, and how you should be patient with them because sometimes they mess up. Um, and it's that is a little commercial. It's not even a minute long. But if you stop and think about little kids pushing candy bars out of a vending machine... <laughs> And they live inside there. And when you're when you're like the wrong bar shows up and you start banging on the machine and the kid's getting scared, I mean it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of fun. Next up, they happen to get Richard Gear to show up. Uh, Richard Gear shows up um, as a sort of like Steve Jobs type. And uh, at this point, I'm thinking, God, how did they even get boomers involved in this? <laughs> And Kate Bosworth is also in it, uh, which redeems the failed couple trope that has been coming through the movie because she actually ended up with Justin Long later, who was in the previous sketch. But anyway, yeah, yeah. this is a sketch that's related to the commercial that we saw earlier. There's an MP3 player that looks like a life-size naked woman, and kids are trying to bone their eye-babes. And... While I do think it is an interesting social commentary about treating women like products, I don't know that they really thought it through that much. Mm, <laughs> Instead, yeah. there's a lot of jokes about kids sticking their fingers and penises inside of the fan exhaust, which mm. happens to be located in the vagina. Okay. Next up, Chloe Grace Moritz shows up. And I'm like, Chloe Grace Moritz, this must have been something she had to do in order to get you know, climb the rungs of Hollywood. But no, no. Uh, at this point, she had already been in Kick-Ass and she had already starred in Let Me In. So... Wow, this, yeah, I wonder why. This uh, wasn't for her to get famous. I don't think she needed to do this. Um, but her sketch is primarily about a girl getting her period in a house full of men that don't know what to do. And they call 911 and all sorts of other stupid things. Okay, on paper, that could be funny... But I'm sure it wasn't. Like, it no. could be due to the, the just cluelessness of men. But yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then it it just keeps happening. And I, I'll try to get through these really quick so we can get to the whole point of this. But Gerard Butler plays a foul-mouthed leprechaun captured by Johnny Knoxville as a gift for Sean William Scott. The leprechaun will not share his gold with the guys. So... Oh, and the leprechaun says really terrible things, 
and the guys, I believe, end up killing him. There's also a date between Stephen Merchant and Holly Berry, where they play Truth or Dare, and it escalates into harmful, harmful and offensive incidents, including Stephen Merchant turned into a stereotypical Asian person from, like, maybe the 1950s, like when white people would play Asian people. <laughs> oh. It's really out of place and really out of time. Okay. I just want it to be over, but it keeps going. And the connective elements, this kid, like, they, they veer out of control, too, because now they're, like, talking to people from another country. And like I said, Fisher Stevens shows up, and I'm just like, go away, Fisher Stevens, or, like, get a better haircut. Oh. Terrence Howard shows up as a coach of a basketball team, and he's trying to inspire a bunch of black men uh, by convincing them that they will simply win the game because they are black. Oh. And Sorry, that's- that one... That one- a clip of it out of context is put on the internet a lot, <laughs> and it's funny. That's I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but it's also interesting that they saved that one for the last one. Like, oh, this is the big finale. Huh, okay. And you get great you, – you start, you're like, this is great. I'm so happy this is over. But then the credits roll, and there's some outtakes. And then there's a post-credit scene sort of thing, like a mid-credit scene. And that is what – <clears throat> that is what Marissa was talking about. And as I said, I had to fast forward through a lot of the ones toward the end. <laughs> Wait, a post credit scene? I thought it was just part of the movie. It could have been in your in your experience, but in and then mine, maybe it was so upsetting that they had to push it to post credits. Yeah. Um Josh Dumel and Elizabeth Banks star in a bit with an animated cat. They are not very convincing acting with the animated cat. It goes on way too long, and eventually this cat pees all over uh, Elizabeth Banks. Marissa, what else do you recall about this one? Uh, I since I didn't wrong. watch it. Maybe I just keep remembering it wrong. I thought something sexual was involved. Was it not? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the cat wants to be with his owner. Like Elizabeth Banks, right? No, Josh Dumel. Oh, yeah, I just thought someone wanted to fuck someone, but, like, yeah, an animal wanted to fuck a human, and it was gross. I don't I don't <laughs> remember the specifics. I just remember, yeah, like, I don't even know. I don't know why, but it's, like, very ups- I remember being very upsetting. <laughs> so, you know what? I don't know. I just know that I never want to see it again. Yeah, and there was an alternate, like I said, uh, way that they tied things together, which is what Marissa saw in theaters. In response to the movie, critics were not very happy. There's awful, and then there's movie 43, wrote Richard Roper in the Chicago Sun-Times. For Peter Howell of the Toronto Star, it is, quote-unquote, the worst film ever, and the biggest waste of talent in cinema history. David Edelston offered cheery count- a cheery counterpoint to the chorus. It's rare to see a piece of shit that actually looks and sounds like a piece of shit. (laughs) He wrote in New York Magazine, it's kind of exciting. (laughs) He also wrote, was someone holding Kate Winslet's children hostage, threatening to release compromising pictures of Emma Stone? Did Richard Gere or Hugh Jackman have gambling debts they had to pay off? Because the big question... Yeah, that's so interesting, because so many big stars are in it. Yeah, the big question is... How did this movie come to be with all of these stars in it? And I do have an answer. The movie came about because the producer saw a movie called Kentucky Fried Movie 
a film that is also made of sketches. Uh, by the people who've made classics like Airplane and the Naked Gun series, mm-hmm. and in all fairness, they have also made High School High, Basketball with the South Park Boys, and Scary Movie 5. <laughs> uh, okay. This movie came out in 1977, Kentucky Fried Movie Movie. Okay. And, I like that's a fun way to say that. And it aged pretty well according to critics and fans, you know, like it's got a decent score um out there. But I think it's worth noting that SNL came out in 1975, so I think that maybe this type of sketch comedy type of thing maybe felt a little new and different to people who were watching it. Yeah. But at any rate, I don't think that the appropriate amount of creativity to make a Hollywood movie with all these stars is, hey, look at that movie. We should do that. Yeah. (laughs) The question, as I said before, on most people's mind is, how did they get such huge celebrities to participate in such tasteless material? It turns out that some Hollywood stars are just as weak as you and me when it comes to favors and guilt. Yeah, that's what I heard. I I was wondering if I imagined this, sir. But yeah, go on. Charlie Wessler had been around Hollywood long enough to develop connections and good standings with a lot of people. Now, he is a movie producer that pretty much only worked on Farrelly Brothers movies. Um, All the way up to Green Book. (laughs) Up to and including. Um, Wait, Green Book is a Farrelly Brothers movie? Indeed it is, Marissa. (laughs) Wait, are you joking? Nope. Wait, the one about the white guy and the black guy? Mm Mm-hmm. What? From the makers of There's Something About Mary. What? That's wild. And stuck on you. Are you fucking... What? Okay, I'll stop saying what. That sounds insane. Um, so, okay. this guy had a lot of connections, and when he asked some of the famous people to show up for a few days of shooting on a raunchy comedy short, you know, like, all those connections started to pay off for him, I guess. Mm-hmm. It also helped that he was able to initially secure Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet to shoot the film's first segment. I mean, yeah, those are some solid gets, man. And after they shot that one, they were able to show it to other people and say, don't you want to be a part of this project? And (laughs) evidently it worked for some people, but um, the sketch was also filmed, for the record, four years before the movie premiered. Can you imagine being Hugh Jackman and you shot that four years ago and now you're coming up like, I don't know, you're coming out in these brilliant, wonderful movies and then they drop this piece of shit out there. No, shit, poor guy. Wessler used his involvement to stitch together, I'm sorry, Wessler used their involvement, Jackman and Winslet, uh, to stitch together his all-star cast. Several tried to back out when they realized what their roles entailed. But they were already contractually committed by this point. Oh, God. This is something that you don't want to hear from a Hollywood producer. They clearly want it out, but we wouldn't let them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Noted Peter Farrelly, the director and one half of the brotherly duo behind, as I said, there's something about Mary, Dumb and Dumber. Green Book. Yes. (laughs) Okay as he uh, outlined the filmmaker's strategy in an interview before its release. Wait for them, shoot them when they want to shoot, shoot them when they want to shoot. When they want to shoot. I'm sorry, that was fun. And guilt them to death. Uh, 
That, oh, poor guys. That, those were the ways that he got people um, I feel really bad for them all. <laughs> the most extreme example of this in the movie uh, was securing Richard Gere. They called Richard Gere. They said, hey, you want to be part of this movie? And he said, no, not really. And they were like, come on. <laughs> and he goes, I can only participate on four specific days and production would have to come to me. Now, we've all been this, through this before. Oh, I'd love to help you move. I'm only available at 3 a.m. today, though. Yeah. And it's like the person's going to be like, oh, well, I have to be done by midnight, you know, so I won't be able to, to use you. Thanks. Um, yeah. So that's what they did, though. They traveled 30,000 miles to Richard oh, Gere. Man. So that he could pretend that he doesn't know why people are sticking their dicks in a life-sized nude female MP3 player. Oh, my gosh. Collider says that James Gunn, who directed the animated cat one with uh, Elizabeth Banks. I don't get it, man. He was bursting with excitement back in 2011 at the San Diego Comic-Con for his experience shooting movie 43. And specifically for how the producers kept telling him to make it grosser. Oh, God. Gunn has only expressed despair for how his segment involving an animated cat who loves his owner too much turned out. In 2018, in a Facebook Q&A, James Gunn blamed longtime collaborator and fellow Movie 43 sketch director Elizabeth Banks for convincing him to come aboard, revealing that he not only didn't edit his segment, but he has has never seen the finished film. Blame yourself, bitch. (laughs) You can't blame her. Despite the scale pay and the scheduling conflicts, Wessler felt that the actors who did join in were happy to because of the short filming time and the chance to act outside of their comfort zones. Mm -hmm, I bet. They were attracted to their script, Wessler said, and as long as it tickled their funny bone, that was enough. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The film cost $6 million to make. It cost more time than it did money because it took four years to shoot. And in my, you know, growing older, I have learned that time is harder to get back than money. The studio anticipated an eight to nine million dollar opening weekend, but they garnered only one point eight million during the opening weekend. That's really surprising that they actually expected that. Yeah, there had been no promotion for the movie from Relativity the production company, or the cast, save for one Red Band trailer that dropped in October of 2012. And the film wasn't screened in advance for critics, which might be one of the reasons why the critics were a little upset. Yeah, okay. At the end of, excuse me, that was, they made $1.8 million on the first night. At the end of its opening weekend, Movie 43 had made $4.8 million. Honestly, by, that's impressive for what it is. And by the close of its theatrical run, in mid-March, came out in January, it made $8.8 million domestically. Okay. Now, if you make a movie for $6 million and you make $8 million, your movie is a success. I mean, if you don't do any advertisement, really, yeah. Yeah. Combined with the international box office, Relativity Media's international pre-sale deals and a deal made with Netflix... Its modest $6 million budget was more than covered, so it wasn't a flop. Okay. Brianna Ziegler, I have more money on, or I have more information on money later. I don't know why I didn't lace it in there, though. 
Um, Brianna Ziegler, a freelance film and culture writer, shared on her Substack that she considers herself a one-woman fan club for Movie 43. But even well, she says... she knows, it's a one-woman fan club. But even she says, on one hand, the film decidedly does its job at making me laugh through approximately 80 to 90% of it. And That's it, a new problem. And when it comes to comedy films, I prize laughter above almost all else. No one prizes anything else in terms of comedy films. That doesn't make you unique, woman. On the other hand, it's a genuinely grotesque, clunky thing. Perhaps the least accessible and most isolating approach to an anthology film one could possibly take. Mm -hmm. And she's also like, she also has superpowers because on her third hand, she says, (laughs) it doesn't really matter, matter whether I think it's good or bad. I like the film. She ends her piece by saying, maybe movie 43 was an awful thing. Well, good. We should want to make ugly art that makes us angry. Her point being that there was a movie with John Travolta and Vince Vaughn that came out. It was called Domestic Disturbance. It was very easy to watch. Uh, The stakes through the whole thing were pretty low because you knew that nobody was going to kill John Travolta on screen. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that'd be sick if they did. What an unexpected turn. The whole entire thing was pretty easy to watch, and um, I don't remember a lot of the details of what happened. Her point is, so many movies are made, and we watch so many movies and completely forget what happened in them, that this one would at least stick with you because mm-hmm. it was so disturbing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is a good thing. I disagree. I think there's enough anger out there and enough people make me angry. Oh, I 100% disagree. <laughs> so I don't think we need to make more art that makes people angry. Yep. The only person who consistently defended the film is Peter Farrelly, who uh, on Twitter said, Movie 43 is not the end of the world. It's a $6 million movie where we try to do something different. Now, back I mean, off. I would hope he defended it, but are there two Farrelly brothers? Only one of them defends it? Uh, Wessler doesn't even seem to defend it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. According to The Guardian, they their assessment of the whole situation is that it is smart. By focusing attention on its small budget, he can highlight the ease with which the movie will make money. Mm-hmm. Such comedies are not critic-proof. Like, I don't know that critics liked American Pie or Scary Movie, but these also made, you know, good box office money. Yeah. But their prospects are actively boosted by mainstream condemnation. How bad could it be? Let's go see it. Yeah. So, going back, I just wanted to say the budget was $6 billion. $6 billion. $6 million. <laughs> And the gross worldwide, by the time it's over, was thirty-two million. Holy shit! And a half dollar. <laughs> wow, that did do good. It did, I think, a little bit better in Russia than it did in America. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually surprised. I didn't think it was going to do good overseas, but yeah, I mean, like there Me are some. Neither. I'm sure it wasn't even released. But, but I think yeah. there are. There's also like a, a fascination with American celebrities that tells me it could do well overseas. I mean, man, though that movie existing and doing well overseas really makes me concerned for what people think Americans are like. 
Some people participated and didn't even get in the movie. Doesn't that Whoa. suck? <laughs> Whoa, like who? Anton Yelkin originally played a necrophiliac Aww. in a segment called The Apprentice, which was directed by Steve Baker and Damon Escott. I mean, that sounds gross, but do, do we know why? Uh, I think I say it in a second. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there was also one called Find Our Daughter, which was directed by Bob Odenkirk, and it revolved around Julianne Moore and Tony Shalhoub being interviewed by a detective about their missing daughter. That's all the detail that we get. Both oh, were wow. removed on studio orders following a test screening due to the highly offensive subject matter. Whoa, man, they don't even say it? It must have been so fucked up. Find Our Daughter was included on the DVD as a deleted scene, whereas The Apprentice premiered separately on its own at the 2014 L.A. Comedy Festival. Oh, God. <laughs> Some people also managed to dodge the bullet completely. They contacted George Clooney to play a man who had trouble picking up women. And it's reported that his answer was, no fucking way. <laughs> I mean, that, there must have been more to it. Come on. <laughs> Unless he's just like, no way. No one would believe that. But I'm if you remember, Matt and Trey Parker, when Clooney wanted to be on South Park, gave him like, some stupid role, right, where, like, he barely said anything? George Clooney played Stan's gay dog, Sparky. Having George come into the studio and bark like a dog for five minutes and leave was pretty funny, remarks co-creator Trey Parker. Uh, another one would be Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell was... Now, you see, I think this is where we come up against, like, taking a Richard Gere, a Justin Long, um, and you put him up against Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell was like, absolutely, I'll do it. And then he read the script and he was like, no, I'm not doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to play one of the two leprechauns that were eventually both played by Gerard Butler. God, good for him not doing that. The last thing that I would like to play for you is what Collider says is one of the only fun things to come out of movie 43. And that is a red carpet interview with Sean William Scott. Now, you might not be able to hear everything. But hopefully you can hear enough to find out why he came to the premiere. You okay? She's in Halle Berry. Sorry to me to interrupt you, but she's here. You? No, dude. Why do you think I'm here? I fucking don't want to be here. I want to go see Halle Berry. Kidding, I do want to be here. I'll make this payment for you. No, dude, I want to be here, but I really want to be here thinking that I'm going to see Halle Berry. Are you kidding me? Would we be home by myself right now? This is awesome. No, this is good. You're out and about. But where's Halle Berry, dude? What's that? Where is Halle Berry? What's Keith Winslet? So, you know, that's wrong. We all have. They're not here? Somewhere. In our hearts. I'm just getting fired. Sorry. You guys seem to have a good time. Am I the only actor that showed up, dude? You're the biggest. So oh, wow, it's a real bad? bust. <laughs> if that's the case, dude, you guys are mad right now. You're calling your boss and like, yeah, tonight was a bust. You know that the biggest is the... one is always the one. So, Halle Berry didn't go. Yeah, no premiere. shit, of course Halle Berry didn't go. <laughs> who would fucking think she would go? <laughs> you fucking know who Halle Berry is, bitch? But she was one of the biggest ones where when you're watching hers, you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I remember. And she can play funny. It's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor everyone. I really feel bad for everyone. Of the- <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that, you know, you should kind of feel bad for people for. 
you know, some of them went on to do great things like, you know, Chris Pratt was just, uh, you know, I don't think he was as big as he is today. He, I think he was just on The Office at the time. I mean, nobody likes Chris Pratt, so, <laughs> so he could fuck himself. Um, yeah, and, and he also had that terrible break with Anna Faris. Yep. Um, we're still seeing Justin Long, right? We see him all yeah. the time. Dennis Quaid sucks now. Greg Kinnear's always great, right? Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's he's in my favorite show now. Um Shining Vale. Mm-hmm. Definitely because of movie 48, 43. What is this movie called? 43. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Marissa, um, thank you for sharing your memories of this film with us. Um, yeah, you're welcome. And I, I do think it's kind of like, if there's anything that we could take away from this, it's, and I, and I know we've said it before on the podcast, but you really do need to advocate for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And you need to learn to say no to people. Yeah. Because I am currently actually stuck in a task at my job right now that I'm not being paid for. And people are giving me a bunch of bullshit about. And I'm like, why am I doing this? (laughs) My only motivator is guilt and pity for the person who asked me to do it. Is that, did that inspire you to do this, this movie 48 presentation? No, 43. Okay. Why do I keep saying 48? Because it's, you are connecting the three all the way around to make it an eight. Okay. Okay. No, it didn't inspire me, but at the end of the day, I did make that connection. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not glad you reminded me this existed, but it was interesting to revisit that. Yeah. Um, there's one article from a writer in Australia, and believe you me, guys, I'm very upset about this. And the article is called In Defense of Movie 43. No. Where basically the guy says, all these critics are just saying what the other critics are saying. None of them are giving it a fair shake. Like, this movie is being condemned, even though it's not really that bad. And it's just, like, cool to not like this movie. (laughs) And to that guy, I say bullshit, (laughs) because this is a stupid-ass movie. Does he give specifics for what he thinks is so oh, solid? Oh, I'm about sorry. That's what I couldn't. I couldn't get to the article. It's behind a paywall. Oh, okay. And so I started to read the beginning, and then of course it disappeared. And then I was like, "Oh, this is. I'm not going through hell just to get to this thing." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you like movie 48, I know that's not it. Whatever the fuck number it is, call us at five seven zero pod one one, and I want specifics. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, don't. Yeah. Oh, don't. <laughs> really don't. It's real bad. Um, upsetting, as I've said already. Halle Berry takes a boob out, but it's not actually her boob, okay? Whose is it? <laughs> it's a just like a double? prosthetic boob. Oh, okay. That she mashes guacamole with. God, I hate that movie so much. <laughs> The only actual nude women are the eye babes, which is, again, offensive. I hate everything. I don't know. The movie just makes me... I like... No, I guess I just don't like raunchy comedy. I don't like raunchy comedy. The Oh, that was another aspect of it. When they started filming it, it was at the end of the 90s. Do I have that mm-hmm. right? No, end of the 2020-aughts. And, um, and when you consider that they started filming it, and then four years later it came out, 
that's a pretty good amount of time. Yeah. And the the consensus is that people were over the gross out humor of there's something about Mary, you know, that sort of thing. And they were ready to move on comedically to move on to what, I guess just no more funny movies. But, um, but the fact that you've already started making this and nobody wants it, you can't sell it to anybody. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's just kind of, it's just all around tragic. I mean, well, I mean, they made their money back, so it's not tragic for them. Yeah. Yeah. Plugs. Whatever. So, Marissa. Yeah. What would you like to plug? <laughs> <laughs> Not that movie. Uh, I would. Uh, I would like to plug the opposite of watching that movie. Uh, I. Hmm, what am I watching? If you want to see Greg Kinnear in something better, watch Shining Wheel. Of course, it does require you to get a Stars add-on, <laughs> an Amazon Prime, or I guess Stars Prime has its own app. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's fantastic. It is, uh, starring Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear. They move into a house that seems to be haunted and, uh, the women seem to be the most vulnerable ones in the house. And, uh, yeah, watch, watch Courtney Cox be possessed and Greg Kinnear just be pleasant and funny. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Oh, guys. This is all right. I talked about a movie that everybody panned, and now I'm going to talk about something else that everybody panned. <laughs> Out of sheer wanting to fill my time, <laughs> I have started watching the Batwoman show on Tubi. Oh wow! The is CW that the one, with one, Ruby Rose or whatever. Yes, she, this is the one that is famous because she was Batwoman for the first season and then quit. The main character of the show quit. And then what? (laughs) And then they brought in a character who was in Batman, (laughs) but was like a peripheral side character. Okay. And they made her the new Batwoman. Do they explain, I mean, not do they explain, do you have any idea why she quit? Uh, she says something about how, <laughs> how she was allergic to latex, and that's what the suit was made out of. And I'm like, that's bullshit. You could have just told yeah, them, and they would have made I another know. one. Okay. That's and then the other one was something about how it was too taxing on her body. Okay. But it's sure. like, lady, why do you it's look like that if you one, can't? But okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it's very formulaic. It's kind of stupid. It's sort of silly. It's fun to watch. That's all. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, it's good play on your phone while it's on TV. It's good play while you're working TV. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you need anything to fill out the time, that's for you. A lot of people, uh, you know, don't have free time, but I do. And that's what I'm doing with it. <laughs> you know what? I respect that. <laughs> hmm. uh, well, guys, as I said, if you have watched movie. 43. She got it. Here for you. Besides calling 570-POD-WOD-1, you could also email us at... Y'allheardpod at gmail.com. And um, you could slide into my DMs at any time if you'd like as well, at Vandal on Instagram. And as we plugged Um, previously, you can join our Patreon for all sorts of fun bonuses, like Pete's previews this week, where I do a, a new Netflix movie with Heather Graham and Brandy. 
And, uh, As, oh, go ahead. Did, and you didn't happen to watch them yet, right? No, not yet. Okay, then I'm not going to talk about the first movie because I want it to be a surprise for Marissa. Okay, great. Um, okay. Yeah, and Marissa did a Gossip Grill where she Alderman? demands yeah. that celebrities now, that snacks now be our celebrities. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't. I didn't care this week. I just gave you snack news, some mm-hmm. thrilling snack news. Uh, I might have more of the grill, less of the gossip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but guys, yeah, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there and have a good weekend. Bye. Yeah, we don't we don't know what we're doing for Thanksgiving, so maybe we'll talk to you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, hi.